life is making sure that I'm living for Jesus. I don't believe there's any greater purpose for which we can live. People have lived long enough for themselves. But live for Jesus, it'll last forever. And uh, thankful for it. Let's grab our Bibles this morning, turn over to Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. I believe I'm going to start a message this morning, and then I'll finish a message this afternoon. And uh, what we're looking at in the Scriptures, but uh, what God has for us, God's been, if I can put it this way, thrilling my soul with what we've been looking at in these few verses, me personally, in preparation for today. And so Hebrews chapter number 4, if you're able to, for the reading of the Word of God, let's stand together and we'll start reading in verse number 9 and read just down through verse number 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 9, the Bible says, "...there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God." Boy, how many are looking forward to that eternal rest that we're able to enter into? For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." Let's come back and together now, if you still got your Bibles open, let's read verse number 16 together. You ready? Verse number 16, together. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want to look at that phrase and what God has been encouraging me about is that little phrase, the end of the verse, the end of the chapter, simply entitled today, in time of need. In time of need. How many of us can say we've been there before? In time of need. In time of need. And I want to look at this, start it this morning, and I need everybody here for the 12 o'clock or else I just need to preach the whole thing right now. And uh, so if you'll promise, stay around for the 12 o'clock, I'll only load half the wagon this morning. And uh, we'll finish it up this afternoon. But uh, let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, we sure do love you. And Lord, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And Lord, as we look through it 
this morning. Lord, I'm so thankful that in times of need that you're there for us. Lord, I'm thankful that you give us what we need to be able to take care of. We have access. And Lord, as we look at it throughout this day, in this subject matter, I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage us or draw us closer to you. May our confidence in Christ grow throughout the next two services. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It seems like nowadays, more than ever, we talk about these times the time of need in times like these. There's not a person among us today who would not probably echo the sentiment at more than one time of our lives that we've been there. I'm in a time of need in my life. Many times people will go through these times and never mention one thing to anybody that's around us. But if we were I know 100% take the time this morning. And yes, even with our young people and start right down here with Isaac and go to Caleb and Joshua and move our way all the way down through. And don't worry, I'm not going to and put you on the spot. But every one of us could probably give something this morning that we would say would be a need in our lives. And sometimes it's, it's, it's not so much a a big financial need, but it it might be a need for friendship, just for camaraderie. It might be a a need for safety. I'm thinking about how many people being on the road. I mean, Brother Mike and Miss Tony Nagley, they're down in the Outer Banks right now celebrating their anniversary and uh, spending the time together. The juries are getting ready to get on the road, and have you seen those Massachusetts drivers lately? I mean, it just everywhere we go, we have to get through Massachusetts to be able to get there. But we think about these things. Listen, there's always a need. It may be in a marriage. It may be uh, amongst parents and children. It might be a need of a job situation, but every one of us could go through and we have something. And the Bible says here that we can find grace to help in time of need. I know we may not say it that exact phrase, but yet every one of us face this. Now, whatever the time of need is in our lives, we can rest assured that we can find grace to help if we're a child of God grace to help. Many of these come at different times in my life than may not come in your life, but I found out every one of us face them. And so we could, and I I could have entitled this similar to what I've looked at over in the book of Ecclesiastes on, we could say, what time is it or what time of need is it in your life? I would encourage us throughout this day, and we're going to look at several things in this passage of Scripture, that I'd encourage each of us to be able to look at our lives and at some point be able to go before the Lord and be able to say, Lord, this is this time of this need that's in my life. And God, I'm asking for the grace and the help in this time of need. Now, this morning, I want to look at the realizing of the times of need. 
because we can identify some of these, but I want you to see, I believe, a few of them that are mentioned and alluded to here in this passage of Scripture that we just read down through here. And then this afternoon, by God's grace, unless he tells me to go a different direction as I'm speaking with him, but uh, this afternoon, Lord willing, we'll be looking at these same verses once again, and we'll be looking at the resources that God gives to us in our times of need, what we can draw from. But let's be able to identify some of these times of need that we have in our lives. First of all, I believe that we see in verse number 14, I believe we see that we have grace to continue when we feel that we can't continue. I'm not going to ask how many have been there. I'm not going to ask how many have woken up some morning in your life and said, listen, I can't take this anymore. I can't take, now I'll identify a few things. I'm not talking about life. I'm not saying, but some get to that point and say, I'm, I'm just done with life. But there's some that wake up and say, listen, I can't take this anymore. I'm done with this marriage. There's some that wake up and, and I, I know parents may do it for 18 years and get wake up in the morning and say, I'm done with these kids. <laughs> Sometimes waking up in the morning may be the most peaceful time of the day. Usually it comes by nine o'clock in the morning that you're saying, I'm done with them. I can't take this anymore. Identifying some of these, it may be in work relationships, it may be just in the complete job situation combined. It might be in, in relationships with friends. It might be with a job that you're working on. You ever gotten so frustrated? My dad always taught me there's, no, there's, no, there's never any good reason to throw a hammer across a job site. I'm not going to ask how many have ever thrown a hammer across a job site. I've never been one that's that's gotten to the point. I, I tried playing golf a little bit. I haven't played for a while. Golf can be the most rewarding game that you go out there and play. And it can also be the most frustrating that if there's ever something on this earth that's going to cause you to lose your salvation, I believe it's out there playing golf. <coughs> you make a perfect shot down the middle and the next one you send over here and I watch people take their golf club and throw it in the middle of the lake. I'm thinking I paid way too much money to go swimming after that thing and throwing it in the lake and coming to a point and saying, I'm done. It's over with. But see, some people, when they're even in their Christian life, because of the matter of maybe failure, maybe things that have come up in their Christian life, look what the Bible says in verse number 14. He said, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, and here's the encouragement to us, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast. May I say that, that the Lord Jesus Christ will give us grace and mercy and help in time of need to be able to continue on and to be able to hold fast maybe when we don't think that we're able to. When we don't think that, hey, I can't, I, I can't take another step. I can't go any further. I can't continue on anymore. That God will give the grace to help in the time of need. 
to be able to continue on, to be able to hold fast our profession. Listen, what God has done in our lives, there is no sense throwing in the towel now. You say, why is that? Because we have a great high priest that's passed from death unto life. He's in the heavens. You think of everything that Jesus has gone through for us. Can we down here on this earth be able to endure and to be able to continue on for him? You know what I found out in my life, and I'm not going to preach the whole message on being a quitter, but I found out anybody can be a quitter. Anybody can throw in the towel. Anybody can say, I'm done. Hey, you want to give up on your marriage? You want to throw in the towel? Listen, they're, they're printing off forms every day and people are signing them and saying this marriage is over. They're doing it every day. Anybody can do that. Do you know the divorce rate inside of a church, inside of profession Christianity today is just as high as it is outside of church today? Hey, anybody can say I'm done. Anybody can say it's over. But listen, the example that we have is we can continue on even when we don't think we can. Now, how in the world are we going to continue on when we feel we can't? You say, Pastor, I'm at the end of myself. Well, we can come over to Ephesians and we can start talking and remembering what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, that in the power of his might, we're able to stand and putting on the whole armor of God to be able to continue, to be able to find grace to help in time of need. Pastor, my need today is I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to quit. I'm never coming back to church. I'm never kissing my wife again. I'm never loving my kids again. How in the world? Hey, listen, you can continue on with the help of our Savior. You can still get up tomorrow morning, and you can still continue on because there's a God in heaven. You can still find grace to help in time of need. You say, that's my time of need right now is I can't continue on. Listen, we have Jesus. Let us hold fast to our profession. What God has put in my lives. Listen, I hear pastors all around me. They're saying it. Brother Jackson, you see it out there. You're filling in pulpits at churches, talking with pastors. Brother Magner, you see it all the time. I mean, you walk into churches. It's amazing how much discouragement's out there. So I got good news for Granite State. Can I give a timeout right now? I got good news. These classes that I took for the past month, believe it or not, they had us take a test during that that course. And it was a, a stress level test. How many are all anxious to see how your pastor did on his stress level test? And it had three different sections as it comes down through there. And it was dealing with how, how vulnerable I am right now to burnout. And then how much I enjoy the job is what they call it that I'm in right now. And then they even try to start um, dealing with secondary causes of burnout. You will be glad to know at least as of last week, that I passed with flying colors. I was on the low end of the the danger of burnout right now. I was on the high end of being encouraged and loving my job and just enjoying life. And I said, that's pretty good. And I did answer as honestly as I possibly could. But can I say that's not everywhere. 
And I thought, there's those that are ready and they're saying they can't continue. There's those that are sitting in churches. There's missionaries on the field. Listen, there's deacons, there's treasurers, there's Sunday school teachers, there's nursery workers, there's junior church workers, there's husbands, there's wives. They're saying, listen, it's my time of need right now. I can't continue on and go any further than what I have right now. And we say, well, can I continue on? We can. We can find grace to help in time of need. Second of all, as I look down through here, look what the Bible says in verse number 15. He says, for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. I'll show you two things out of this verse of scripture. First of all, we have grace to help when faced with infirmities. Noah Webster, if you go back and see how Noah Webster defined infirmity, it is an unsound or unhealthy state of the body, weakness or feebleness. I'm not going to ask today how many are dealing with things like that, weakness, feebleness, an unhealthy or unsound state of the body. If we were to take the time and start going through and start listing everything that's wrong with us, so I also, and this has just been the month, I also went and had my, my bi-decade uh, checkup at the doctor's. I say bi-decade because it's been about four years since I've gone to the doctors and got checked out and that white coat syndrome with the blood pressure and everything like this all taking place. I will say this, I walked in there, he put the blood pressure cuff on me after discussing a few things that came back from the lab reports, and I'm like, you're discussing all of this, and then you're going to take my blood pressure? Can I say that someone needs to teach them order of operation inside of a doctor's office or something, okay? So he sits me down, and he tells me the only, the only thing, my cholesterol is a little bit high, so work on getting your cholesterol a little bit down. Your sugar's doing fine. He's talking through all of it. Hey, you're getting to that age. They've lowered some age on some things. It's not 50 anymore. It's 45 on some things. I said, boy, isn't that a blessing? And, uh, and so we won't get into all. So he's talking to me about all that, and he's like, all right, let me go ahead and check your blood pressure. I'm like, seriously, doc? He puts the blood pressure on 120 over 78. I said, praise the Lord. Blood pressure is not something I have to worry about right now, but he gave me a couple other things. And listen, we can all look at things in our lives. We're not talking about outward things. We're talking about infirmities. And the Bible says here that we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And it's in that context of Scripture that he says, we're able to find grace to help in the time of need. Can I encourage each and every one of us today that there may be infirmities, there may be things that you are going through physically right now. You say, I have chronic headaches, or I have diabetes, or I have back issues, or I have this disease, I have this that I'm going through. Listen, we can name one after another. As I begin to look over our congregation, not just upstairs, but downstairs and looking at people, I can start going through saying, okay, here's some issues here, here's some issues here, here's some issues. We say issues, I'll use the Bible term, infirmary, okay, infirmity. I start looking through and say, hey, here they are. I mean, here he is down here. He had to have surgery on his fingers right down here. Look at this. 
messing up his basketball hand to be able to shoot basketball. I mean, everything going on. You say, Pastor, I just found out this. I'm having to watch this. I mean, this week, Brother Brent's going in and uh, he's having back surgery on the 14th. We just got word. I mean, you look at your you look at your prayer list from this week. I mean, Brother Bill Stoll, okay, went in on the fourth to be able to have that spot of cancer taken off the top of his head. It was worse than what they imagined. Now he's having, as soon as the stitches come out, they have to start radiation and chemo before that grows down and be able to and, and goes through his skull to be able to infiltrate into his brain. Some things that are taking place. We just have on the prayer list, listen, Brother Mike Polizzi fell off some scaffolding earlier this week, shattered his heel and his ankle, not taking him in for surgery right now because it's, it's so swollen they can't do surgery. It's, it's set tentatively for a week from Monday. And Lord willing, the surgery will be down enough that, I mean, the, the swelling will be down enough to be able to do the surgery and to be able to reconstruct that heel and ankle. How many have found out it seems like everywhere we look around us and everybody that we're talking to, there is some type of infirmity that is in their life or they're associated with. Listen, it's in that context of scripture that the Bible says that we can come to the throne of grace to find grace to help in the time of need. You say, I, boy, I can't, I can't do anything about this. Listen, all we can do is pray. All we can do is be, go before the, the throne of grace, the very throne that God himself is seated upon, and we'll be able to obtain mercy and find grace to help. He never says in here, and let me remind us, that he'll give us the grace to escape all of this. Wouldn't it be wonderful if something came into our life and all we had to do was simply just say a prayer and God would just take it out of our lives? Boy, that'd just be wonderful. God doesn't always deliver us from things, but God has given the promise he'll deliver us through things. We go back and see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three Hebrew children that according to Daniel chapter number three, they were cast into the fiery furnace. They still had to walk through that, but God brought them through it, and God revealed himself in it more than he ever did on the outside of it. Now, here's the thing about infirmities, and you know this much better than I do in a lot of cases. A lot of times, these infirmities that are in our lives, these physical ailments and sicknesses and things that we have to deal with health-wise, this weakness or feebleness, there's no set time limit to it. <clears throat> Can I say these would probably be a whole lot easier to be able to get through that if we knew on November the 1st that it was all going to be over with? That if we knew, hey, I've only got... Two and a half weeks left, and I'll be able to get through it. Hey, I've, high, I've, had, I've had high sugar for all these years, but as of a week from tomorrow, I'm done. We know it doesn't happen like that, don't we? There's some things that we face. I always go back, and she's, she's my example of enduring in suffering with Miss Dolores Long that for over 50 years before she even gave birth to her one and only daughter, 
Before she was ever before she was ever born, Miss Dolores was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And over the next 50 plus years, suffered everything imaginable that you can think towards that. From eating away at elbow joints completely gone, shoulder joints completely gone, experimental surgeries of putting mesh and attaching it to the bones to be able to have some type of elbow joint, knee joints gone, eating away at it, not a day in her life without pain, no set timeline on when it was going to be over. But every time I'd walk into their house down in Tennessee and to be able to visit with them, she'd sit there and just talk about the goodness of the Lord. You say, what made the difference? None of that was ever taken away. In fact, none of that pain was ever lessened, really, for what she was going through. But yet she'd always come back and say, well, I spent time in prayer today. And what would make it through the day? What would enable her to be able to go a a little bit longer? She'd sit there in her chair with her Bible and some Bible study lessons to be able to proofread them and make sure that everything was okay before they went to print. What was she doing? She was just going before the throne of grace and just trying to find help in time of need. You say, Pastor, is that available to all of us? It's available to all of us that are the children of God, isn't it? You say, Pastor, I thought you were going to try to encourage us this morning. Hey, listen, sometimes I wish I could walk you up here and hit you on the forehead and all of that would be gone. Sometimes I wish I could. That's not Bible, though. Do you understand the Apostle Paul even had an infirmity of the flesh, a thorn in the flesh, that he prayed three times. He said, I besought the Lord thrice that he would remove it from me. And he said he didn't. But what he did come back, and what did he say? Tie it in with Hebrews. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. I wonder where Paul was able to find that grace to help in the time of need. He found it right there at the throne of grace. But then can I also say this this morning, not only the grace to continue when we feel we can't and the grace to help when we're faced with infirmities, but at the end of verse number 15, the Bible says, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I started looking at that matter of temptation in sin. And may I say that in our time of need, we can find grace to help even when we're tempted with sin. You see, there's a thought today that just because that you're a human and just because of everything that's around us, well, we have no choice but to yield to sin on a daily basis in our lives. Well, we're missing what the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter number six when he says, yield not your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield your members as instruments of righteousness and to righteousness. You say, pastor, I find temptation is very strong. May I remind us of this, that I believe the devil knows exactly what our weaknesses are. I believe he knows exactly what's necessary to be able to dangle in front of us. But I found out most of the time it's not the devil doing it. It's just us. 
because we know what a lot of our weak areas are. We know what we struggle with. We know what we're going to yield to. Hey, listen, can I, can I put it very simply this way? If you have a problem with eating cake, then you ought not to walk into Zeke Sweets. Now, I'm not trying not to give them business up there, but I'm just saying, if you know where your weakness is, don't go walking through the bakery. Well, I just don't know what it is. I just can't say no to it. Well, don't look at it. I found it. Hey, listen, I've never been tempted as I walk through a, a grocery store to buy a 12-pack of beer. You know why? I don't even look and go down that aisle. There ain't nothing I need there. Oh, I just yield to it all the time. Hey, listen, do you understand that when we're tempted, there is grace available to be able to help you? When we're tempted to sin and to break God's law, listen, there is grace to help you. The Bible says that there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You say common to man. Yeah, that means everybody deals with it. You're not being faced with anything that is more difficult in temptation than what anybody else has ever dealt with in their life. You say, well, I'm just, I'm just tempted with, with women. Well, that, that goes all the way back. Remember David walking out on his rooftop? Okay, he's down there. Hey, listen, that's been around. What about liquor? What about, I mean, all these things. You see, hey, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who also will with the temptation. Here's the temptation coming. But the Bible says with that temptation, he'll also give us a way of escape. How many like a good way of escape? I mean, just getting out, okay? Hey, it's amazing. People are putting them in places today that they need to escape from. I wouldn't have figured the, the million-dollar businesses that it would be to be able to have an escape room. Now, listen, people are paying to get locked in a place. I don't understand it. Concord has two houses up here. They'll lock you up for free. I don't recommend it though, okay? But people are paying to get locked up just to be able to find a way to escape. They're called escape rooms, by the way. Don't go get locked up in prison. I don't recommend it. There's not going to be a way of escape for you, okay? There's just not going to. But when it comes to temptation, can I remind us everything that we face on a daily basis? We, when we're saved and a child of God, we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. There's grace to help in the time of need. You say, Pastor, but I live every day. Man, I, I just yield to temptation every day. I just yield to it. I can't get victory over it. I want to remind us we can get victory over it. We can find grace to help in the time of need. And as I look down through the scriptures, you say, what's the answer to it? It's coming before the throne of grace. Now, I want to remind us of this. I want to remind us that it's coming before the throne of grace. We have complete and unhindered access to the throne, not a throne. How many over the past month, 
and I know it's died off in the past couple weeks, the transition of power or position, I should say, over in Great Britain from the queen to the king. And now access to the throne is a big thing. Everybody's talking about it. And I'm thinking, there's a king above that king. That listen, I've got access not to his throne. I've got access to the throne. And that's what God's given us that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In our song books, and we're not going to sing it right now, is a song, it's page 176, and it's entitled, In Times Like These. We've sung it here at the church before. In Times Like These was written and composed by a lady, Ruth K. Jones was her name. This song was composed during the fearful times, and this is just what's written down about this song, the fearful times, the fearful days at the height of World War II, over the war, that the war was everywhere. The year was 1943 and into 44. It seemed to many during that time that the Allies were bogged down in Italy. Other countries in the war were going nowhere. The world economies were at a breaking point with rations everywhere. It was out of this atmosphere and this fear around the world that a housewife and a pastor's wife in Pennsylvania... Ruth K. Jones, was drawn to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, where it says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. And as she read that chapter, a song began composing in her head, and she sat down and wrote, in times like these, we need a Savior. There's three verses in that song as we read it today. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need a Bible. And then it continues on, you need an anchor. Oh, be not idle. The last verse is, in times like these, I have a Savior. The question is today, to be able to answer in your heart and life, what time of need are you going through? What time of need is so prevalent in your life that you would say, in times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, these times of need, that I say I I need more than just a friend, but you need to hold on. You need to continue on when you say, I don't believe that I can when you need to find grace to be able to face each and every day with the infirmities that are in your life that in the near future, unless a miracle takes place, they're still going to be there when you wake up tomorrow morning. You say, Pastor, that's the time that I'm in. Then may I beg you to go before the throne of grace and find the help that is necessary. You say, Pastor, I am tempted on every side, and I can't get victory over it. 
And every day I'm yielding. May I encourage you to go to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. I found out this. Now, yesterday we were up there at that pavilion for the reception. As soon as I'd pull away from that pavilion about five minutes down the road, my phone would start dinging. You know why? Because I was without signal up there at the pavilion. I did make the comment to my wife on the way home. I said, isn't it just a blessing sometimes to be out of cell phone signal? And the phone starts dinging, ding, ding, ding. All the alerts are coming through, Facebook messenger coming through, text messages coming through, emails coming through, everything's coming through. Well, I knew where I was preaching this morning. And I thought, isn't it a blessing when you can't reach to Peter Chamberlain because I might be at a reception somewhere for a wedding? I'm glad there's a throne of grace that God never steps off, but he's always there. He does not say, come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need from nine to five every day. Not what he said. How many have ever woken up in the middle of the night and said, God, I sure need some grace to help right now? Staying up late at night, tossing and turning, saying, Lord, I I sure need some grace to help right now. I don't want to text pastor, it's 1230 in the morning. But I sure need some grace to be able to help and to be able to get through. And listen, he's always present. And I thought if we'd realize maybe the time that we're in and realize there is help and we can find mercy in time of need. What time is it for you? What time of need is it? Maybe take it before the Lord and say, Lord, here it is. You may not tell another soul. It may be something so burdened on your heart that nobody else knows about it. You're sitting in church this morning, half smile on your face. I'm here. Everything's wonderful. But you just drug yourself in here just because you knew this is where you needed to be. Can I say this? It's in this time of need that God saying the throne of grace is still open. We're going to get into this afternoon about our resources in the time of need. Some things that are mentioned here are resources. But maybe this morning you realize what time of need you're in. Would you take that before the Lord?